it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Welcome back to the podcast. I had an awesome interview to share with you today. I had the pleasure in interviewing Chi Adogu. He is a consultant and digital marketing agency owner. He serves small businesses and he helps them with business growth strategies and principles. I really enjoyed talking with Chi. He shared a lot of nuggets on marketing, branding, PR, and all of those things. Um, I think she has an interesting story because Chi took a leap and quit his big corporate job in New York to launch a e-commerce startup for baby and maternity products in Africa. And even though the business failed, he admits he was depressed and a little discouraged, but he discovered some training materials from Dan Kennedy and Jay Abraham that he had invested in previously. And he started utilizing something that he already had and studying it and reading it and learning marketing. And he has taken his experience through what he learned in these books to help his friend in his real estate business and grow that business as well as he's expanded his own business and he is now consulting other business owners on how to grow their business and using marketing in different ways. And I really enjoyed some of the different takes that he had on how to show up in unusual places. He speaks about that a lot. And I learned a lot speaking with Chi. I think you will too. Um, I hope you enjoyed the interview and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor, and we have an awesome guest, Chi. Chi, how are you today? Can you tell us how, I don't want to mispronounce your last name. I forgot to ask you how to pronounce it. No, my, that's fine, Brandy. Thanks for having me. My name is Chi Odogu. Uh, Chi Odogu. Thank you, Chi. So I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm, I'm really, really pumped to get into this conversation. Um, I like to start off like this. Just give us like a quick snapshot of you, your background a little bit, a little bit about you. So my background, well, I um, cur- I currently live and work in Toronto, Canada, but I was born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria. I went to the United States to do my college, and after college, I did grad school, and then I started working in consulting fields. I did that for about two years in a small consulting shop, and then I got into the big four, which is um, um, one of the biggest consulting companies you can ever be in in consulting if you wanted to be working in consulting. So I worked there for a couple of years and part of my work there was basically working on startups. So you have a lot of private equity firms, hedge funds who invest in startups all over the world. So take for example, um, there's a company that sees, oh, Amazon is doing great and it's in America. I wonder if the there's the Amazon of the Middle East or uh, Nigeria or Ghana or something. So they'll look for companies like that and they'll now say, okay, we found a company like this. We need a consultant to look and see, are these guys doing everything right? That if we put our money, these guys are not just going to take our money and spend it willy-nilly. So I worked in a lot of startups in the emerging market. So I'm talking Africa, I'm talking Latin America, I'm talking of Asia. And I saw that e-commerce was starting to go big. So I said to myself, wow, it's going big. I have all this knowledge. I do a lot of this research and work in my daily life. Why don't I start something? So I started a small e-commerce store in while I was living in New Jersey, selling baby products because I looked at my portfolio and I was like, wow, baby products are killing it. I could go in right away. 
<laughs> Not knowing anything about baby products, you know, so I'd fly to the ABC conference in Vegas, go to toy shows and toy fairs and whatnot. So I really got involved in it. And I was working like a job that was 40, 50 hours a week, but I didn't care because they were like, I was selling and making money. And I said to myself, hmm, you know, it's doing well over here. Why don't I take it back to my home country? So I said, all right, I'll pack my bags, move back to Nigeria and sell because I know it's going to pick up anyway because the trend is showing it's picking up. I get there, set up my business. Within about eight months of shipping containers worth of baby products and whatnot, the whole economy goes into a recession, prices triple, and you know, I'm buying things in US dollars and converting it to local currency. So by the time I started doing the conversion, when, when you get into a recycle and there's foreign exchange involved, that means that the money people have in the foreign country is not enough to buy what you bring in. So you have to keep adjusting the price to equate to what you paid for it. So now as I was doing that, I found that in the span of like almost a month, month and a half, I increased my prices three times. And it just became unaffordable because people were not increasing their, their paychecks by three times. It's just the cost of things were going up by three times. So I said, oh, wow, this isn't going to work. And then I had I had a team of people that were marketing and they were supposed to do the digital marketing. And they were like, oh, yeah, we, we have enough impressions. You know, people saw it. There are lots of the like. I'm like, okay, but uh, the likes aren't turning into into money i can't that is I, right. I, 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 I can't deposit this with uh, jp morgan you know the business just went bust and i was like depressed for a little while so i said all right the consultant and me took over and said okay what were some of the causes of these things i said okay there's things i could not control which is the economy and the things I control, which is my business operations and marketing. I said, okay, let me look at the ones that I could have controlled. And I looked and I said, okay, marketing, sales, people that I trusted to do this because they said they knew it, didn't do it right. And I said, okay, I'll focus on this and see how I can fix it. Because since my brain is a little analytical, I know finance and money and operations. But marketing, I don't know. Luckily for me, as I was moving my things to Africa, I had a bunch, I, I'm, I'm a big reader, I believe in reading a lot. So when I used to live in Jersey, New York, every weekend or every other weekend, you know, most libraries tend to sell off some of their old books. So I drive around and I buy books for like a dollar, things that you see for like a thousand bucks or 400, 500, because libraries don't have space. So I was acquiring all this stuff thinking I'll read it one day. Not knowing that the day I was going to pick it up and read, I'd be like dead, completely broke. I was just like, okay, let me search through my things and see if I can find anything to teach me. And I found a couple of materials I had invested in like years ago. So I started reading, consuming it. If I actually, in that period, I spent my last $500 buying five PDFs because I enjoyed what he was saying so much that I was like, okay, I need to learn more. So I spent 500 bucks. The last $500 I had got the PDFs read it cover to cover i said okay let me start testing this out and it started working so i had friends companies i went in i helped them i said all right i'll now be a consultant and do this for people I started doing it gradually. Wow, wait a minute so let's back up really quick so wait so you created you had this booby company in the u.s you took yeah. it over to africa it did you know things didn't go accordingly so you went bankrupt you went through a depression now you're broke and you found these books and you started reading these books and then you got into them so much. So you decided to actually take courses. So you spent your last $500 to take a course. That says something about you right there. Yeah. 
you know, that's the power of knowledge, especially if you use it. It's not mm -hmm. powerful. It's only powerful if you use it. So exactly. I'm, exactly. I love that. I love, so you use what you had to get, to gain some more skills. So mm -hmm. starting a business that you're in now, I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Because they, they can literally take everything from you, but nobody can ever take what's in your head. As long as you keep increasing the little knowledge you have, whether you learn, whether if you're in the beauty industry and you decide to learn coding, you can be the one makeup artist who can create like a virtual reality app for, you know, somebody just going in there, putting their face and they'll now see how they can change different styles of makeup and everything. And you're the only specialist that can do that because you have two skills. Nobody can take that away from you. You can command premium prices just like I snap my finger. I know we're on the podcast, but the, the more knowledge you have, the more intersecting knowledge you have, the more specialist you become, the more your value increases and the more you're able to make more money for yourself. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So you, you thought marketing was that piece that you were missing and that's what you dove in and studied. So you said, so you took it to like what you said, friends and different things. Tell us yeah. more about how you experienced so I, I, I went in with friends first because I knew, um, I, I, I did it, my, my degrees are in finance. Nobody's going to hire me to do marketing, but I have, like, in Africa, everybody's a side hustler. So just because they have a corporate job, <laughs> I can tell you once the five o'clock is closed, somebody's either checking their, their WhatsApp, you know, trying to sell something on Instagram. Everybody, all my friends I know have at least two, three jobs, regardless of the fact that they work in corporate organizations. So I'm like, okay, buddy, let me help you out with this. So I started out with my friend's real estate company. So he absorbed me in. I became his marketing guy for real estate. I went in there. Um, I think I stayed with him for over a year and a half. And in that period, he had bought a franchise of Remax to Nigeria. And it was just once. I was like, all right, let me dive in deep and specialize in this. So within about that period I spent with him, we expanded from one branch to about 10 across the region. And then we also started selling courses and programs and trailing other real estate agents because yes, the real estate market is quite developed and there were um, real estate people and experts in the country. But what they didn't really have was, you know, the brand of an international real estate company coming in. And with that branding comes like, like organization structure, learning opportunities. So there are different ways to like increase your knowledge that the local guys did have, but they did not have more of. And for them to get that experience, they'd spend $2,000 buy a plane ticket, fly to New York, fly to wherever, get the training. But if you can do this in-house, the cost is cheaper. You get to meet more people and then you get to network with them and start getting together and doing club deals. So we did a lot of that. We found that we were getting access into places where we didn't really have the leverage to go in just because we were training them. We now found we we're trusted advisors. So people wanted our opinions in different things and we we're able to grow uh, laterally by just working with our partners in the industry. And everybody knows that real estate is all about commission. So the more people you bring, yes, you could split your commission. But at the same time, if you're splitting a commission on, take for example, $100 million, that's a lot better than you having 100% of $1 or $10, you know? Right. So, <laughs> so people understood that and started getting with us. And then I now started doing it for my other friends in other industries. And then I now said, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'm good enough at this to now. Let me see if I can come back to North America, which I missed for quite a bit and um, continue doing what I'm doing. 
So you helped him market uh, courses to real estate agents. Yes. And so did it, what, what, what was it based on? Like, did it teach them how to sales training or something like that? So, so we did a lot of sales training. We did a lot of operational things. So a lot of the times you find that, you know, knowledge is, is taught one-on-one. -on -one. So if you have the founder of the company, He'll probably teach his associates, but usually most of the time people do not sit down and write because they're busy actually trying to close deals. So you don't train them in like the little things like take, for example, presentation skills, being able to speak eloquently to um, a high net worth individual. Because if you're trying to sell to someone and you're like used to just, you know, hustling around trying to just sell to everybody, somebody that's rich and wealthy and can afford the best in life will say, Hey, you're approaching me like you're trying to sell me something in Walmart. You know, I, I, I need like white glove, sophisticated. <laughs> right. So you have to like say, okay, so somebody like this, you know, keep a new suit in the office, keep your child pressed, keep everything there. When you talk to them, speak slowly, speak confidently um, because our community and our country is deep in respect. So when you start saying, oh, yes, sir, no, sir, sorry, sir, they'll not look at themselves and like, hey, I'm above you. So they're going to think of you're trying to like supplicate or beg me to do something. But if you address them directly, use their first name, speak with respect, but also with confidence, they know that, oh, this person actually knows what they talk about. They, they, if it falls back from their mind that, oh, I'm trying to do a deal with somebody that's lesser than me to somebody that's on an equal footing. So a lot of the principles were psychological, but they helped a lot. And then you now start thinking about things like, oh, okay, if I'm going to buy a house and it's a big house in an expensive neighborhood, who do I need to focus more on? The man is going to sign the check most of the time, but guess what? The woman decides where she wants to live. She decides um, where she's going to send her kids to school. Is it going to be close enough to her friends and family? So you have to focus more on putting your efforts on the lady of the house because she's the ultimate decision maker and the guy might just be the one signing the check. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. So that's awesome. And you learned this from some books. <laughs> and some courses, but that's great, though. Yeah. You were able to, um, you know, help him with his business. So is he still doing it? I know you did that for a short period of time. Um, he's, he's still doing it, but he's moved into other areas as well because you hire people, the business grows, and then you move into other things. So he's into... Um, what's he into? He's into telecoms and he's into media right now, but he also has a real estate company as well. So he's, he's, he's doing well for himself. Great. So now you're doing marketing consulting for small and large size businesses. Tell us a little bit about that. So it's, it's basically the same principle. So for right now, I focus more on showing up in unusual places. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is things like podcasting, virtual reality marketing, uh, media and publications because let's face it if you're a small to mid-sized company and you're trying to do facebook ads there are 101 people you can meet to do facebook ads you can learn facebook ads by taking a, a 10 dollar course on udemy you know it's it's not that difficult but what happens is in this day and age of hyper connectivity and social media people want to actually buy from people they know like and trust so that means you cannot hide behind oh my name is um 
uh, for the sake of um, easy example, you cannot hide behind McDonald's as your company brand name. They want to see who the person is. They want to know what you're about. They want to know your story. And they want to see if they can trust you to do business with you. So what I said to myself is, okay, I'm going to talk to entrepreneurs and business owners and business leaders and say, hey, you know what? You need to step out from the company brand that you think is getting you clients and you need to become more personal. You need to show up where people are and then you need to start relating to them in such a way that they will trust you enough to want to extend the conversation. So my first step was, okay, doing things like podcast marketing. I know podcasting is great. We're on a podcast right now. I host a podcast myself. The, the places I've been able to go into and the people I've been able to talk to with my podcast, I don't think, unless I have blown to like an Oprah level, I don't think I would have gotten to those connections because I'm here sitting in my apartment or in a co-working space. I'm on the phone on Skype and I'm talking to somebody who's like doing the, who has breakfast with somebody like um, Larry King every morning. And I'm interviewing him, asking him questions. Now, somebody like this, there's no reason he should talk to me. Well, I have a show, it reaches an audience. He wants to be on an audience because guess what? The, web, the, the expert that's known is the expert at hand who is the expert that's hired. So the more people that know you, the more people that like you, the more people that remember you from different places where you show up means that whenever there's a problem, who are they going to think of first to help them? They're going to think of the person that, oh, I've heard this person's voice over and over again. I know his thoughts. I know his quirks. I know how he laughs. I enjoy him. Without actually meeting the person, you have a connection with that person. That's the power of storytelling. So mm -hmm. if I have a problem and I say, okay, I need to talk to someone maybe about how to help my organization improve their morale, whether they're going through depression or whether they're going through a sales slump or whatever. If I need to talk to somebody like that, who can come in and train my, my staff? This guy, because I've heard him in several podcasts. I've seen his videos. I've seen his YouTube stuff. I've seen his, his Instagram material. I understand what he's going to do. He's not going to say something crazy that I won't like or offend me or offend my staff or my team. And then I'm going to reach out to him. I want to do business with him. So I started helping companies set up their own podcasts, not only to help them get their most, um, what, what is the one I'm looking for? Not only to get them their most desired customer, but to also help them interview people who could be their most desired customers as well. So take, for example, in the B2B space, if you're selling, let's say you're an IT company in Atlanta, Georgia, you're small, maybe you have a team of 10 people and you want to sell to Microsoft. Now, Microsoft, yes, they're a big company, hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars a year, but they still need little vendors to do little things. Now, how are you going to get in that into Microsoft if you don't have a relationship with Microsoft? People send cold pitches, which don't get open. Mm -hmm. They try to network in chambers of commerce, which may or may not work. But guess what? You invite the chief buyer in Microsoft, let's say in, in the beauty and technology space, and you have them on your podcast, for example, and you interview that person one-on-one -on -one for an hour. You already know that person. The person knows you. You've asked great questions. The person feels confident. You know, you're putting them on stage so that they can share their expertise with their world and their family. You see them as a celebrity media expert. They now say, at the end of that, hey, Brandy, by the way, what exactly do you do? Now, it's your opinion. It's now your opportunity to say, you know, I'm in the media space and in, in, in business. I'm also in the beauty space. What I do is I help business owners in the beauty space 
create business outcomes that helps them succeed. So my niche is, biz is business, but in the beauty arena. Then I said, oh, by the way, we have something that we're coming up with a new product for beauty entrepreneurs, maybe our new virtual reality product to help people um, try out different looks and different makeups and different hair extensions and whatnot virtually to see if it will help them grow their business. Is this something you think you could possibly work with me to figure out how we can do this in your industry? That's a business opportunity for you right there, Brandy, that possibly would have never occurred if you did not spend the time to build this relationship for just over an hour with this person. No, I absolutely agree with that because I, I've already built a lot of great relationships and met a lot of awesome people doing the podcast. But my question is, is that something that every business should do? Like, should we all start a podcast? Um, so it I would say it depends. I wouldn't say all business owners should do it because you also have to think of other ways where you can appear. Now, take, for example, in the beauty space, a lot of people listening to this show, I don't want to make assumptions, but if you're in the beauty space, you're in hair, you're in makeup, you're in fashion. So it's all about beauty. So now if you think being on a podcast would help, take for example, you're an expert in natural hair and you found like see, um, cannabis products that can help hair grow, uh, re reduce gray hair, like my hair is gray right now. So it, it, it might be good for you to actually show up in business podcasts or in beauty podcasts talking about your CBD products that can help people have greater hair, stop hair loss, you know, stop graying of hair and all that stuff. Fine. You could also want to do YouTube videos because beauty is visual. So visual things are very captivating and very magnetic. So you could want to start a YouTube page. You could also want to do another thing that's interesting, which is writing articles in different magazines and publications. Now, a couple of days ago, I sent a pitch to Essence Magazine. I'm like, I'm in media and marketing, but I saw a particular niche in Essence that I was like, wow, they're looking for contributors. I have an idea, and this is actually in the wedding space. So I saw something they wrote, and I was like, oh, okay. I have a few friends that have done their weddings. I have a few ideas that I'm playing with for like my clients in the wedding space. Let me see if I can write an article about this. I sent a pitch to Essence. I haven't heard back from them, but I'm saying, you could actually put yourself in places where your ideal clients will find you. So mm -hmm. things like podcasts, creating your own um, YouTube channel, writing articles, places like um, women's related um, magazines and websites like Blogger, for example, Mogul, Essence, like I said, you know, Black Entrepreneur, uh, BET or Black Entrepreneurs Magazine. So many places where you can actually start showing up. And guess what, guys? It, you don't need to be a celebrity. You don't need to be Oprah. You don't need to be Tyler Perry. These places are actually looking for content. And as long as you're a practitioner, as long as you're an expert, as long as you have something to say that is going to be valuable to their audience, they will accept you if you give them the right pitch. Because guess what? Every media outlet is content hungry. So the more content they can bring to their audience, the more they stay relevant and the more people don't move away from their platforms to other platforms. So if you're able to deliver an appropriate pitch with appropriate content that will resonate with their audience, they will let you put your message out there. And it's only a matter of time when people start consuming your, your content that they will not say, hey, you know what, let me reach out to Brandy. You know, she, I love this article she wrote about this CBD hair oil that will stop you from growing gray because, man, my hair, I'm only like in my middle 30s. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta find that hair oil for real. Another, <laughs> another, <laughs> another thing I've done, I, I've done in 
as well with like to piggyback off of what you were saying is I I've actually made a relationship with a local news station. So they bring me on their internet show. I've been on a regular live show, but I've been on the internet show a lot. And then, you know, you know, everybody's online. Mm -hmm. I'll be on their internet show kind of on Facebook talking about different uh, beauty trends, different makeup tips, skincare and stuff like that. And so they have me on a lot as the beauty expert. And so Mm -hmm. that's another way I have uh, got my name out there that way. And another thing, like I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it just triggered the memory, is that in addition to all that, yes, everybody's online, but guys, let's not forget that face-to-face is where everything happens. You kind of need to be where people are to see you. So things like, like you mentioned, you have a convention and an event you put. There are also other events. So it could be like in the dental industry, in the plastic surgery industry, in uh, finance industry, for example, you could be the one beauty expert that shows up in a finance conference and you talk about how, you know, new trends that if you're more confident, you're more assertive, you have the right clothes on, the right look, the right makeup on, you know, it, it increases your inner self-esteem, it boosts your inner game, and it helps you become a better performer in your company. Now, guess what? Not a whole lot of people in the beauty space are going to the industry conference outside their niche because they feel they feel it's not relevant. But I can tell you very much that once you go and you have a message to share, you only have to share the message in a way that it relates to the people and you can tie it back to your thing. Because if you're in beauty and you're in makeup, you say, okay, what's the end result of makeup? I look beautiful. I feel great. I feel confident. If I feel confident, I'll act like a warrior and a champion. That means wherever I go, I'm not going to take rejection because I know that, man, I'm looking right and tight today and people have to listen to what I say. And it's only a matter of time because I'm going to to get that yes just because I feel awesome today. So that's what it is. So you have to find what's the end result of what you do and now sell that end result to some other industry or some other niche outside of where you are. And then you can tie back that end result to what you do. So it's like, okay, you want confidence? Yes, you're gonna get confidence, but guess what? Confidence comes through having an awesome makeup or having awesome skincare or having awesome hair. And you can only do that by buying my product and I'll show you how it looks on you and I'll show you how you feel. And then you're gonna be good to go. I absolutely agree. And I think that's going back to what you said about showing up, you know, in different places where you could connect with people that maybe you wouldn't otherwise connect with. Mm -hmm. So like I do that. I go to all, I don't just go to beauty events. Like I go to all types of, I I like to learn about marketing and branding events. Um, uh, They just had like a, a, a summit here recently. I didn't get to make it, but it was all about, uh, technology and all that type of stuff, but I'm just looking to learn more about tech and and Mm -hmm. not even just like, uh, to sell what I have to offer, but I just want to be in the know when it comes to as a business owner. So I think it can help you on both sides. You may be able to pitch someone that may be in technology or automotive or something Mm -hmm. else, your business, but as well as you may learn some things from those mm-hmm. people that you're connected to. Because I feel like as I'm doing, like like I was telling you about my conference, as I'm doing the uh, Business of Beauty Expo, uh, it's people who wasn't even in the beauty industry was like, wow, I learned some stuff from my business because exactly. it's business. Yeah, business is business. And guess what? What is common in your industry is like the newest, latest whiz-bang thing in another industry. 
So me coming to a beauty expo to learn something that I can apply and take, for example, the automotive industry that nobody else is doing, that is like worth a lot of money to someone like that. That is especially open and attuned enough to realize that, yes, I can get inspiration from so many different places. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I think, and I, I could tell that you're very, because you really picked up on like the beauty industry and what, uh, <laughs> and what the beauty, you know, beauty experts could use and to pop up in different places. So tell us a little bit about uh, your services and exactly what you do for businesses. So what I do for businesses is a few things. So I help you. So if you need a media when you're a business owner, there are three things that can help you stand out in business. You need good marketing, you need media, and you need public relations. So let me break that down in simple terms. Public relations is when somebody else talks about you and says you're the bomb. So it could be somebody writes an article about you, Brandy, in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Inc., what have you, and they talk about your business and your conference and all that. That's PR. That is essential because... A third party is saying you're awesome, not necessarily you saying I am awesome. You understand? So when somebody like that is endorsing you and more people are seeing it, they're like, oh, wow, this brand is actually great at what she does. Now, media is when you have your own platform. So your platform could be you have your own blog and your own website. You have your own podcast. You have your own YouTube channel. You have um, any, anything else in that space. You have your own social media channel that you post on regularly. Marketing is when you start doing things like advertising, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube ads, Google ads, all that stuff. Now, marketing, you pay for that with your hard-earned dollars. The moment you stop paying for marketing, guess what happens? Nobody sees your stuff anymore. When you write on your own media platforms, what you can do is you can do content distribution. So what do I mean by that? So take, for example, we're on this podcast right now. After we record this, what you could do, Brandy, is you could turn it into one-minute videos or one-minute audio um, headliner videos, put that on LinkedIn, Instagram, what have you, and then people see that one minute and they love what we talk about and they come back to your podcast. You can now transcribe your podcast into audio and into written and then put it on your blog to help with SEO. You can send that transcription to a writer who can read it, maybe somebody that's overseas somewhere for like a couple bucks, turn it into an article, and then you cannot say, okay, can I pitch this article to places like Influensive, Mogul, other places? So now it becomes one particular piece of content becomes placed in several different places, and now people can see you there. And then you can now say, hey, you know what? I'm doing this great stuff. These are some of my articles I have appeared here and here. Um, is it possible for me to get written up because of the great stuff I'm doing? Then you can now start pitching to writers in different magazines. So what I do is I help people figure out, okay, what's the best way to start marketing your business without you actually spending direct dollars on things like Facebook ads? Because yes, you could always do that. But would a podcast help your business? If that's going to help your business, I think, okay, who do we want to target for this? Is your podcast only going to interview potential clients that you can work with? Or is it going to interview people around the world that will be interesting to your ideal clients? Because there are two ways to look, about, to look at it. Either you interview people who could be your clients and then you pitch them afterwards, which gets great results, by the way. Or you interview people who have interesting stories and messages who can help your ideal listeners. And then you can now 
pull your ideal listeners into your funnel. When I say funnel, I don't want to use too much jargon, but funnel is just essentially pull them to your website, give them an offer, and then sell something to them. Mm-hmm. So things like that. So I help you figure out, okay, do you need to be a guest on podcast? Do you need to be owning your own podcast? Do you need to create your own YouTube channel? And then we now go through a series of steps and processes to figure out, okay, which one is what going to work best? And then how are we going to deliver that message? And how are we going to find your ideal audience? So the, I work in those three spheres, whether it's PR, whether it's creating your own uh, media channels, or whether it's even helping you find somebody who can do your marketing for you. I love it. So do you have a team that works with you? Yes, yes, I do have a team. Um, uh, I'm a small business as well. So primarily everything is um, on my back, but I have a team of contractors that I work with. So depending on what my workflow is, what what's coming in, I have a team of people that I can always reach out to to scale up when necessary and then um, reduce when uh, I'm not as busy because as a business owner, I have to be doing these things myself. And they're, they're part of the things where every business owner is, you need to do business development. You need to be showing up. You need to be talking to people. You need to be working in the business and addressing client needs and also doing some of the work. But I find that a lot of entrepreneurs, we typically are the artists. We understand what we're trying to do and we want to focus on doing that. Whereas I found that to be extremely inefficient. Somebody, you only have to be able to teach somebody who can do it good enough and maybe you review it and do a few tweaks and give your comments because your time is better spent doing high value things that will bring in clients and then somebody else can do the work and then you just be at the end and say, hey, you know, do this, do this, don't do this, take this out, let's do it like this. And then that way you have a higher value on the things you're able to deliver to your clients because they're getting personal attention from you as well as your team is doing the things which is actually doing the work to generate revenue but you yourself as the business owner as the entrepreneur as the face of your company you're showing up in places that attracts people to your business because you cannot have to do all three and we only have 24 hours in a day right right yeah you definitely if you want to scale anyway to grow your business you definitely have to add people on to help and um because you can't do everything yourself and grow (laughs) there's no way exactly awesome awesome so what are you excited about right now Right now, what I'm excited about is I'm running uh, my first ever virtual summit. It's called the B2B Sales Mastery Summit. It's going to be held online on November 17th. And um, it's, it's been a challenge pulling it off, but it's also been interesting because what I found is that a lot of small businesses, so how did I come up with this idea? I'll tell you. I went on Indeed. I, was, I, I look at Indeed to see what jobs are being posted to see, okay, what's what are people looking for? How is the job market changing? What are the needs of companies? Because if somebody's hiring someone, that means there's a need in that particular company. And I found that a lot of companies have a big need in terms of hiring salespeople and people that can actually do B2B sales. But now there is really no very, very good training on sales and B2B sales in most small to mid-sized businesses because either they don't have the budgets to go to big conferences and travel, or they cannot afford to bring high-level speakers and consultants to come and train their small team. So I said, okay, what, what can I do here with my own skills? I said, well, I could create a small conference, charge it, make it free for you to watch, but pay just a nominal amount for you to be able to have access to those videos and those audios forever. And then I have 
experts on different subject matters who can teach you how to best prepare yourself for a B2B scenario so that you can win more deals, increase your commissions, and increase um, the revenue of your company. So that's, I put together a team of um, experts and speakers in that space. I mean, you're really going to, some of the people I have are Dan Locke, who's very popular in the internet. So he's training on, you know, new ways of selling. I've, I've got a lady who just released her new book. She's um, Dr. Cindy. So she's, her book is titled, Every Job is a Sales Job, because you don't have to rely on salespeople alone to sell for your business. From the janitor to the guy at the reception desk to even the lunch lady, every job is a sales job because guess what? Your people that work for your company, they talk to you, talk about you to your, their friends and their family. So mm -hmm. if they're bad-mouthing you outside, guess what? That's one person who's hearing a negative report about your company who can tell somebody else that, whoa, I, I know Lucy, she works in that company, they're not doing very well, I don't think you should do your business, and you yourself don't know. So now it's all about thinking of ways to involve your entire team and say, hey, I don't want you to sell, but this is what I want you to start thinking about how we can position ourselves better in the marketplace, how we can share our story better so that when people hear that you work here, you know, you can tell them, hey, you know what, we do X, Y, and Z, but we're great at this stuff. And then that person will have good reception of us and say, hey, you know what, Lucy works in the lunch, lunch room of that company, but guess what? She really loves what she's doing. She loves what the company is doing. And she gives them a good recommendation. Maybe I should actually check them out and see if what they're doing is pretty good, because if Lucy says it's good, then I, I trust Lucy and I think she's not going to stare me down the wrong direction. I think that's great. Um, I, you know, I did B2B sales for a while. And what I understand is, is that like I worked for a big company, so they pay like $10,000 a person for us to get the Sandler sales training. Have you mm. heard of Sandler sales? Yes, I heard of yeah, so yeah. We, we had got the Sandler sales training. But a lot of times, this, like you said, the smaller companies, if they can't afford 10000 a person, they're constantly firing, constantly hiring, constantly mm -hmm. firing, constantly hiring, mm -hmm. but they're not really training exactly. and their people what to do to be successful, so they're never going to win. They're going to always be looking for new B2B salespeople constantly. Exactly. And the people that are good at B2B, guess what? They don't job hop. People come find them and say, hey, I'll give you a percentage of revenues you go make it happen. They don't, they're not looking for jobs. People that are great at it don't look for jobs. People come to them and say, hey, I'll, I'll throw a lot of money at you to do this. So my conference is essentially going to be that small in-house training where you can listen to it, you can turn it into a podcast and listen to it. But also what I wanted to do, which is key for small businesses, is that should you listen to a particular speaker and you love what that speaker is saying, you can send me the feedback and say, you know what, I'd love to have a training from this particular speaker and then i'll now look and say okay how many companies in atlanta want to hear this speaker speak i could say okay you know what rather than send the person who's going to charge you probably ten thousand dollars an hour i'll say hey guess what let's put him in a room for four hours and then you guys will come together you pay the money so it's a club deal so that way we all share the burden but then all our teams get trained because get what you could be in beauty you could be in automotive you could be in insurance but guess what the training will still work because it's all about just learning the fundamentals and applying it to your own industry. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to actually get it to such a point where 
when people listen to the speakers and they love what they hear, they can now get back to me and say, hey, you know, we want to hear more about this person. And I'll now say, okay, let me put together a small event that is just going to be this person speaking to everybody that is interested in hearing what they have to say. Awesome. I think it's great. And um, so when you get that together, definitely send me the link and I'll add it to so, you know, uh, Yeah. So right now I have a link. I think it should be going live on Friday because we're starting our marketing. This okay, Friday. Yeah. Yeah, my website is odogw.com forward slash summit. So that's S-U-M-M-I-T. And then there you're just going to see um, the link to click for the B2B mastery sales, <laughs> B2B sales mastery summit. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested. So I'll definitely uh, include that in the show notes. Yeah, thank you. So, so Chi, what keeps you motivated? Uh, um, wow, that's a very interesting question, you know, because um, there are a lot of things <laughs> that you one could say keeps you motivated. For me, I found that... Um, you no, know, being able to do something and compete at the highest level, so that I'm always learning, always increasing my skills, always upping my game, but also at the same time knowing that, you know, it's a privilege to be able to do what you do in North America. I, I am fortunate enough to see both sides, having been born in Nigeria and now living here, to know that, guess what, it could, it could easily have been just the luck of the draw that somebody else would be in my spot doing what I'm doing and I could be back home still hustling, trying to make ends meet and whatnot. So I don't take it for granted that, you know, I've been blessed with an opportunity to succeed. So I can't really fit on my time away or waste my time doing things that will not be helpful and not be beneficial because a lot of people are looking at me as an inspiration. I have cousins I've never seen and never met who know about me and they say, oh, wow, our big bro, our big cousin is doing great stuff. He's inspiring us, you know, let's let's emulate him let's follow his footsteps and they're not going to go into shady stuff because they're seeing what i'm doing so it's like almost trying to carry a good name so that people can say you know that's our big bro he's doing a good job you know i want to follow in his footsteps i want to be like him someday so that keeps me motivated to do good to increase my skills and to also be the best professional i can be because guess what in as much as i'm doing that because i know people are looking behind. I'm also doing that because people are looking ahead of me and going to judge the next expert based on what I do. So if, for example, another um, person of color, for example, wants to do a consulting project with a big company that I've worked with, um, sad to say, you know, people associate things. Mm -hmm. So if I come in there and I do a bad job, it's not going to just hurt my reputation. It's going to hurt the reputation of the next person, unfortunately. So I have to make sure that, you know what, I position, since we're, we're a few of us doing some of this type of work, I have to position myself in the best light possible so that that way the next person coming up who needs a chance will now be given the benefit of the doubt that they're good enough to succeed at a high level and produce work product that is completely excellent and will not be judged based on the color of their skin. Hey, I love it. Yeah, sorry, sorry to go, Martin Luther King. There, <laughs> you, you taking it all on, like you just. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it because you have like your people watching you that that look up to you, and then you want to actually leave a legacy for them, as well as you know you want to make sure that people that look like you, you put on your best. I love it. I love it. So that is great. So tell us this: what? How do you define success? Oh. Wow, how do I define success? I think I define success by saying success is when 
I've done such a great job that I've created a good outcome for myself and my clients that people are happy with what I've done and are willing to endorse that by saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to spread the word about you. I'm going to say nice things about you. I'm going to actually support you. Not, um, I, I don't focus on money too much because you know what? If you're good at what you do, whatever it is, whether you're in beauty, marketing, sales, whatever, if you're good at what you do, you will attract money. But guess what? If you don't have a good character, if you don't have a good name, if you don't have a good reputation, you will not attract all those things you desire. You will not be able to pay for your mortgage or buy a great house or something like that. So it, success for me is like making sure that I have a good taste in the mouth of people that have tried whatever I'm cooking so that they now be able to recommend me to other people and then share the story of their work experience with me and say, yes, this guy is great. You can trust him and um, you can work with him. Awesome. So I know you're a marketing guy and I'm sure you, you're a business owner. So I'm sure you use a lot of tools in your business, but what's your favorite business tool? Woo. I think my favorite business tool right now is probably LinkedIn. Oh, okay. Awesome. Just because you're going to be able to connect with people who are doing awesome stuff on LinkedIn, people who could possibly collaborate with you and help you people who would bring you into rooms where you would never be able to go if you try to knock on those doors yourself. But with the power of LinkedIn, you can share content, you can connect with people, you can share stories, you can relate to people one-on-one. -on -one. It's a professional setting, but guess what? Professionals are people too. As long as you don't use the platform inappropriately, I've seen guys try to hit on women, which, I mean, it's not a date, it's not Bumble or Tinder or whatever. You know, people are there for professional business, but guess what? Everybody is relatable. If you're sharing personal development stories, people love that because it will help them improve their self-esteem and their well-being. But also if you're selling, selling professional services as well, it's an avenue where on the same platform you can get invited to rooms where you would not ordinarily be invited to just because you share great content, you have an awesome profile, and people are willing to discuss with you and share ideas with you in a non-judgmental uh, forum. Oh, awesome. I love LinkedIn as well. I've done a lot of networking on LinkedIn, so I like that one too. So can you share with us either your favorite book or the book you're currently reading right now? Oh, wow. My favorite book. It's a small, obscure book written by, I think, um, a Franciscan monk. So it's called The Art of Worldly Wisdom by Balthazar Gratian. So it's, um, I don't think it's up to even 150 pages, but basically it's, it's a monk who was around, I think in the 1600s or so, and he was advising the King of Spain, I believe. And so he wrote down some wise sayings and philosophical principles that have worked and stood the test of time. So I read that book often. It's kind of like a companion to my Bible. So I read it when I'm like going through like difficult interpersonal relationship issues, or if I'm having difficulty in business and just trying to think of ways where if I'm dealing with human problems, how can I best reflect on this and how can I find the good in this or how can I make sure that I do not go the negative part in this, um, in this situation. So the art of worldly wisdom by Balthazar Gratian is particularly good. And um, what I'm currently reading right now is several books because of the interviews I'm doing on my podcast. But I'll say my favorite book thus far is um, Thick Face, Black Heart 
So it's kind of an extension of, um, oh my gosh, I've forgotten what is that extension, but it's, she's a philosopher anyway. She's based out of San Francisco and she wrote this book called Thick Based Black Art. So essentially what it's teaching you is that basically in business and in life, things will never ever go your way 100% of the time. But what you need to do is you need to be able to develop a strong mindset and a thick face. So whenever bad things happen, you know, you don't let it get to you personally. Yes, you understand um, the magnitude of whatever it is that has happened, but you also think about it from a logical perspective and say, okay, I know this has happened now. What can I do to prevent this from happening or to turn this around and make it a positive? So it's a pretty very, it's a pretty interesting book. It's um, maybe two, 300 pages or so, but um, I'm enjoying that right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it was, it's been absolutely great talking to you today. Do you have any last words or anything you want to share? Um, Brandy, it's been a pleasure having me on the show. And I also want to say that as the first guy to show up on this podcast, I truly appreciate you sharing your platform with me. I know it's, um, it's unusual for a guy to come and talk <laughs> to the beauty space, especially if you look at it and it's all ladies that have come before you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't want to say anything that's going to put my foot in my mouth, but um, I truly appreciate you coming to, to give me this platform and let me share my story and share my journey with your listeners. No problem. I appreciate it. I think you just broke the ice, so now I'll have you and other guys <laughs> be like, oh, there's a guy there. And then I'll attract other guys to the podcast, so it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So that, tell us how we can connect with you on social media and stuff like that. So on social media, you can find me on Twitter. Well, I'm more active on LinkedIn. So if you just go to LinkedIn and just Google my name, C-H-I-O-D-O-G-W-U, you can connect with me. I'm, I'm very personable and friendly. Please reach out to me, ask me a question. I don't mind. On Facebook, um, you can find me, C-H-I-O-D-O-G-W-U. My profile will pop up. Um, you can reach me on my website, which is www.odogwu.com. And then you'll see all the things I'm doing from the summit to my podcast, to media appearances I've been on, places I work with, articles I write for other magazines and what have you. Awesome. So Chia Dugo, everybody, make sure you connect with him. I'll have all of those links in the show notes. And as always, stay great and we're out. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it, share it with your friends and family. Also connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at ExquisiteLooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.